This week we will be discussing what standard work is, what it is not, and how standard work will automatically help us increase the quality of our products and services. We will also have an arm wrestle about Teichi Ono's quote when he said, Without standards, there can be no Kaizen. But what came first, the chicken or the egg? Does standardizing the process come first, and then improving the process follows? Or is it the other way around, improve the process, then standardize it? My hope is that the 11th and 12th law of the 13 laws of system optimization will help give us a larger and all-encompassing perspective to help take us to the next level from our traditional lean manufacturing training. Hello, welcome back my friends. I'm Hayden Marker from Continuous Improvement Journey, where we help you take continuous improvement to the next level so you can destroy your organization's status quo, devastate your competitors, and fuel revolutionary innovation. I want to thank all of you who have listened to these podcasts so far. I'm excited to join with you as we travel along our continuous improvement journey together. Now let's dive into our topic for this week about the 11th and 12th law of the 13 Laws of System Optimization. We'll be discussing today about the Law of Standard Work and Quality, which are two things I'm quite passionate about, which might make me get a little carried away, so we'll just see how it goes. Let's start with Standard Work. It, uh, some people call it the pinnacle of all things lean. However, I've had my fair share of management and organizations not implementing Standard Work in such a good way. Because of my bad experiences and observations of implementing standard work personally in industry, I am a little hesitant to suggest to organizations to start with standard work right out of the gate. Much like some consultants like to start with 5S and feel like that's the thing that's going to bring company success the most. Which both are great tools, but is is that the most effective tool to start out with? Taichi Ono once said that without standards, there can be no Kaizen. I've had a hard time about this quote because it is similar to the question of which fate came first, the chicken or the egg. So, what does come first, standardizing the process, then improving the process? Or is it the other way around, improve the process, then standardize it? As much as we might think that we have to religiously follow Taichi Ono by the book, One thing I have seen is that if we focus too much on formal and official standard work too early in our continuous improvement journey, it could have negative effects and may not help the organization's situation. Two reasons for this. One, the current state process is typically quite complex. And two, the current state process is garbage, is littered with all kinds of waste, and is quite crappy, to be honest. So if we follow Tichi Ono's quote by the book, or I guess from the book, we will be standardizing complex, crappy, wasteful processes. That doesn't sound so good, so why would we want to standardize the crappy process to start with? Should we not remove the waste first by improving the process, then standardizing the best practices? Otherwise, we are worshiping the crappy, complex, and wasteful processes with all of its nuances, that increase the burden on our employees. On the other hand, something that Masaki Amai in his book Kaizen said, and I guess it's very similar to what Taichi Ono said, Amai said, 
it is impossible to improve any process until it is standardized. If the process is shifting from here to there, then improvements will just be one more variation that is occasionally used but mostly ignored. And I feel like that's probably my experiences with standard work with a lot of companies that try to do it, that they, just like a value stream map, they post it on the boards, they do it, spend all this time making it, and it really is occasionally used, but mostly ignored. Going back to Amai's quote, one must standardize and thus stabilize the process before continuous improvement can be made. So if it makes the most sense to start out with standard work and standardize the process, then there are all kinds of complexity that we can dive into. But just to keep things simple, standard work really consists of four elements, and it wouldn't really take you too much time to get at least a, a foundation of these four elements. The first is tact time, which is the number of parts per unit of time that needs to satisfy your customer's demand. Second is cycle time, which is how long each part or process takes. Third, the sequence of processes, which is how the work is to be done and how employees interact with the process to facilitate the flow of inventory through the process. And fourth, inventory on hand or the work in process or amounts required to meet the standard work. Depending on how standard work is presented, it could be seen as a dictation and bureaucracy from on high. However, standard work should be used to empower employees to inspire continuous improvement. If they can't meet customer demand, what should be discussed in our QC circles with the management representative to remove roadblocks so we can increase throughput to meet the demand? If management or a supervisor wanted to know why certain defects occurred, then the question should be asked, was standard work followed or our documentation, was it being followed? If yes, then the standard work or process needs to be improved. If not, then what is preventing us from following the standard work or documented processes? Something to answer this question is we can start asking questions like the five whys and using the five whys method. An example of what management is not supposed to do is from a story that I experienced where a production line supervisor, after basically getting reprimanded by management about their low throughput and yield, the supervisor responded by saying something quite profound. So this is not word for word, uh, word for word quote, but it does capture the essence and the mo and mostly what the supervisor was trying to talk about and bring to management's attention. And he said, "Our manufacturing processes are based in 1960s." technology that produces poor yield and low throughput, which is normal to the capability of our processes. As a result, our current processes cause my team to have to work extra shifts and weekends to meet our demands. Give me new technologies or improve processes and I will meet your demands, but we cannot get to where this company wants to be to increase our throughput and yields to supply the world with our product if we are producing that product using outdated 1960s technology and processes. In a case like this example, doing a process audit to find the sources of the A waste would be quite beneficial to help the supervisor out. 
Going back to Taichi Ono's quote about should the 1960s technology processes be standardized first, or should they be proved first and then standardized? Again, it goes back to the chicken or the egg problem, but really at the end of the day, both eventually need to be completed, so let's pick whatever's best and then do it. If standardization is selected before improvements are made, this process is a great opportunity to document the current state process and the eight ways, or seven ways, or the 26 ways that are holding back the processes from their full potential. Once the standard work is created and compared to the tack time, or customer demand, this process provides hard evidence to all those who are involved, especially in management in the organization, to realize that the process that we have developed or have worshipped over these long years is no longer sufficient for desired business growth which is very similar to what that supervisor said about his 1960s technology, that they reached their capability of their current manufacturing methods. So, daily incremental continuous improvement projects should immediately be started to help us along our continuous improvement journey. After improvements are made, update the standard work to see if further or even more drastic improvements can be made and invest in equipment or process innovation or product design innovation that should take place. If, on the other hand, we take the other path to improve the process first before creating standard work, then strip all the complex garbage waste out of the process, then create best practices. Document those practices in the standard work and hold each other accountable. As a reminder, before moving into another story, an aspect about standard work is that any process improvements made and standard work implementation is made, don't expect that everyone will automatically follow the new standard. Daily and even hourly monitoring should take place to help us embed and sustain the new best practices and standards for at least a month. I think there's been studies that you've probably heard about it. It takes what, 21 days for us to learn a new habit. Well, the same thing here is that we need to spend at least a month holding each other accountable. Otherwise, all the time that we've spent in improving the process will be wasted because we go back and follow and worship our, our golden calf processes. Another interesting story about standard work. A supply chain director once came to me and asked if there are some type of magical formula or equation to help identify why their shipments are always late, inventory stockouts is so prevalent, and why is it that they are losing money because labor costs are not correct compared to reality? As any lean practitioner, this was music to my ears. I asked him when the last time their safety stock, reorder points, and product lead times were updated in their ERP system. He did not know when and estimated it had been about four to five years. I then asked, what has changed in your organization over the past four to five years? He said, well, everything has changed. We have more customers, our throughput has drastically increased. We have more customers, the demand for a product has basically doubled, and now we are having a hard time meeting our customers' demand. I then said to him, what is the problem with this picture or situation? You are expected by your customers to produce twice as much as before in comparison to four to five years earlier, but no updates in safety stocks, reorder points, and lead times have been made 
throughout the whole system. I don't know of any magic formula or equation to act as your savior from the situation, but I do know that since we live in a world of variation, and if our supply chain information is not monitored and updated, then inventory stockouts, late shipments will automatically result, and lead times will not be correct. So either you will be losing money, or the customer will be paying more from what that actually costs. Also, if cycle times are not updated, then labor costs will be higher than expected, and you will lose money because the current cost of the part is lower than your labor costs. Or an example of this, if a part has $50 of labor cost attached to it, then the actual labor costs in reality are $75. This will equal into a loss of $25 for every part made. To the organization's credit, they did have many processes that have been proved, and they did update and did have standard work on their shop floor to reflect those process improvements. But since they were using an ERP system to run their business, they did not take the standard work to the next level or step, which is key. It is one thing to have standard work posted at the Gimba or on the production floor, but it is a totally different thing when standard work information updates your production control department, the ERP system, and really just your whole supply chain system. I said that the missing equation or link that you have is that if you want to run your organization on ERP and MRP systems, then you need to feed your standard work information into your ERP system. This way you have accurate lead times and costs to quote your customers, along with updated safety stock and reorder points to meet those quotes from your customers. If you want to go more of the lean manufacturing route, then don't use an ERP system. You instead need to focus on Kanban safety stocks, order points, and having everything you do focused around standard work to run your business. We can't let our organization live in these two separate worlds, while on one hand living in the ERP world, and then on the other hand wanting to live in the world of lean manufacturing. Either we need to do one or the other, or join both of those worlds together so information is communicated and updated back and forth to help the organization progress along its continuous improvement journey. Some critics might say, oh, how 1980s of you, Hayden, for wanting to use ERP systems or wanting to join lean with ERP systems, or ERP systems are the devil's work and are against everything lean. My response to these two things are, first, the reason why ERP systems are garbage in the first place is because we feed it garbage. As a result, don't expect gold to pop out of your ERP system when we fed it garbage or keep old data rotting in there. Second, you have to track and update your lead times, cycle time, safety stock, and reader points, create or purchase orders, receive incoming material, and document costs to keep your counting books straight somehow in a database. When an ERP system is set up correctly and you actually feed it correct information instead of garbage like most of us do or use. Microsoft Excel to try and turn that garbage into something useful and, and use Excel to run our companies. Your employees don't have to be MRP or ERP systems to manage your supply chain. So either you spend time managing in a database you created on your own for all your lean manufacturing information or an ERP systems database. 
Really, it comes down to choose your hard. Which hard do you want? When we implement standard work, it does not just increase our throughput, material flow, or address poor yield issues. It provides immediate product quality feedback. A funny story about this is I was helping an organization that was moving manufacturing line to another state, and it was a perfect example of 1960s-like technology, and they were moving this to a sister company. However, since the production line utilized 1960s technology, the manual and hand nature of the process had met its capability to produce consistent quality product, especially with newly trained employees. It was one of those processes that if you did not follow standard work, follow best practices, and hold your tongue just right, or if somebody sneezed, the quality would immediately decline. After this assembly line was moved to the sister company, and their employees were trained on the 1960s technology processes and all of its manual hand operation glory. After the trainers left, quality began to decline sharply down to around 50%. Trainers were then called back and got the quality back up to the typical 90% yield range. The trainers then left, and then the quality went back down to 50% yield. At that point, management at both organizations were frustrated about the whole situation. The next time the trainers went down to retrain a third time, I went with them because I was doing some other things and just observed what was going on while I was there. After the first day of my observations, I talked to the head trainer about what his thoughts were. The trainer said, well, the biggest problem we have here is that they are not following our one-piece flow method and our standard work. The sister company's employees would produce large batches of each of the processes and then force all those batches all the way through the process. Since they were batching, they were not catching quality issues that would show up later down the production line. The main caveat about this particular product and assembly line is that you did not know if you did a good job until the parts came off at the very end of the line. So since they were batching so much and not following one-piece flow on the standard work process, quality issues were not caught until the very end when it was way too late to provide feedback to the employees of the quality defects so they could be corrected on the fly. When we retrain the employees on one-piece flow and help them follow standard work and show them the world of difference that it makes, it was very interesting for me to interview each of the employees after we trained them properly and what they felt was different about their work before and after we came. Something that was interesting, they, a lot of them are saying, this is actually fun. I'm not so stressed out anymore. And we are also now communicating with each other and providing immediate feedback on what we can do to improve the process to get our quality back to 90%. Standard work is a great tool, but one of its main benefits is not just increasing throughput and making things more standard, it is also that it provides immediate feedback on quality issues to employees if they are winning or losing. Otherwise, all that information, all those quality issues get locked up in our batch processes. When standard work is used, employees will work as a team to self-calibrate as they work throughout the day and week. Otherwise, batch processes and not following standard work will reduce poor quality, headaches, and stressed out employees, which in that case 
all of them were wanting to quit their job. So they went from wanting to quit their job to saying, this is fun, which I've never heard anybody say about a manual hand operation assembly line. But it was great to see that they were not so stressed out anymore and that they were wanting to win. In closing, since we talked about the quality of our products and services, when we utilize standard work to help us maintain our focus on quality as immediate feedback, it also helps prevent us from falling into the trap that W. Edwards Deming talked about in his book, The New Economics, when he warned us that if we put our focus on only improving costs or increasing throughput, quality will begin to decline. However, if we focus on increasing quality first, costs will start to decrease and throughput will increase. Thanks again, my friends, for listening. I'll catch back up with you again in the next episode.